When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey, everybody, you're listening to the Work For It podcast on The Makery Network. I'm Brian House. And I'm Ben Butler. And together we represent the two most important components of the maker world. I work the steel. And I work the wood. The show's primary focus is business in the workshop. And then we reach out to you on social media with a question every week. We read your answers and then discuss them on the show. Follow our show on any major podcast platform and on Instagram at workforit.podcast. Or you can support us for as little as $1 a month on patreon.com forward slash workforit. Let's get on with the show. Ben Jammin Butler, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? Oh man, it is a it's a just a it's a little bit of a chilly morning here. It's down mm-hmm. into the 60s. Well, I actually oh. got into the 40s yesterday. No here. way. It does get that cold here. Yeah. 40s. The 40s and yeah, just you know, chilling here in uh in Naples. I don't go outside that much because I'm working a lot, but Yeah. um but man, I need to get out there and enjoy some of this weather. I know you've been doing some skiing and all that, so that's been yeah. Kind of, we've been uh, getting out. It's thing been nice. you do in Idaho. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. We uh, we we've been big skiers. My wife's been a big skier her whole life. I uh, I played basketball in high school and was kind of forbidden from the ski team, you know. But uh, yeah, you can't damage your legs, right? Yeah, that's, that's not that they, they were, were worth anything, <laughs> but. And what, then, you didn't join the NBA after yeah, college right. like most most of these uh, hopefuls Man, do? How about it? Um, so anyway, <laughs> my father-in-law, well, at the time it was my future father-in-law. He's my father-in-law today, but he taught me how to ski. And what an interesting experience, you know, 20, 21, 22 years old and uh, looking like a fool in front of your girlfriend uh, and your father-in-law teaching you how to ski, but... <laughs> <laughs> it was really pr- pretty fun on a you know on a slippery mountain in New York of all places though no, not not the best conditions but uh learned how to ski back then and then just kind of fell in love with it so we've been big skiers every winter our boys have been in lessons each of them since they've been like 2 years old going on 3 so it's a lot of fun we enjoy it I've only been skiing one time I am not coordinated enough to do anything that requires you know, the yeah. agility or, right. you know, in my family, none of the men, you know, like even my father, I remember as a child, 
uh, installed a basketball hoop in our backyard, you know, like we yeah. had a little spot next to one of the barns and, you know, he put a hoop up there. It's very, that very Americana. Like, yep. you know, if you can imagine like the old, uh, wind torn barn with holes in the side, you know, kind <laughs> yep. of gray wood used to be red, but now it's gray and there's a basketball hoop made out of plywood yep. on the side of it and, uh, and a hand painted, uh, square square you know, on right it behind yep. the, and uh, my dad would take me out there and we would both sit there and throw the ball at it. And then, you know, try <laughs> My dad wasn't too bad. I mean, he could he could sink a few. But, yeah. uh, you know, we're just not sports people. We, no. You know, we're we do the mind work and the you know yeah. the building and the hand stuff. But not man, you put me I every single time I've played any sport uh, for any reason, I have been hurt. A lot of people don't know this, but I played baseball uh-huh. in high school because all my buddies were doing it. Yep. I'm in right field. I lose a pop fly in the lights. It's a night game, oh. and it comes down, smacks me right in the eye. No and, way! Uh, and uh, You're supposed I to put your hands up, for, right? <laughs> well, I had my hand up. I I don't know what happened, and uh, yep. hit me in the eye. And and to this day, I have very little vision in that eye. From oh that. man. Um, and my so, own. and then of course, you know, just playing football, broke my arm playing football in gym class. Oh, you know? that's the worst. Just, I had a cousin just, like that. I mean, sounds... I'm just not designed to do this crap, yeah. man. I'm just, I, not, <laughs> I can't do it. I had a cousin that sounds very similar. Um, he broke his arm, I don't know, six times each, you know, between the two arms or something crazy. I can remember in high school, he was a real skinny, skinny kid. And, um, it was kind of funny because he was a cousin to me through my stepdad. Um, and when got it. my parents first got married, we were mortal enemies, you know, he and I. And uh, <laughs> for for a handful of years, we were just mortal fucking enemies. And um, then we became best friends, you know, and then to Isn't this that funny day. funny how that happens? Yeah, to this day, just, you know, asshole buddy tight and uh, – but he broke his arm one day playing uh, kickball at our house when old Yeller the dog landed on him sliding into second. <laughs> it was like, so the dog is responsible for breaking his arm? Wow. Yeah, the dog took yeah. him out, you know, and then he, I don't know, he broke it playing football. and But, I, you know, I was kind of similar, I guess, grew, you know, grew up in the woods. And so I was pretty big into sports. Uh, through high school, but then more or less just kind of checked out of it. And we talk about that now where, you know, Jack doesn't watch a single sporting event and we or Sam and we think like, maybe we should watch a little bit to at least give him a taste. Yeah. There's, there's a thing about watching sports. It, 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 it's almost as if playing them when you're a child and then watching them as an adult go hand in hand, because yeah. even now, I watch one game a year. That's that's the Super Bowl, yep. you know, pretty much. Or I watch like maybe say a football game on um well when the Eagles, you know, were in the playoffs and yeah. everything. I I watched all that cuz you know, we're, my whole on my wife's side we're all from PA. They yeah. are all from PA. And then my sister lives in Wisconsin, so she's got season tickets to the Packers, you know, she goes and does that whole thing. They got yep. box seats yep. there at Lambeau. And um and it's exciting. Yeah. But then I'm just like, you know, it's kind of just a vehicle for me to have a cocktail and relax and not do anything else and not think. So, you know, I think of it in terms like that. I think that's very nonproductive. Like at our house to see my dad, my stepdad stop 
doing things for long enough to watch a sporting event it was like mind blowing you know yeah yeah <laughs> and i think exactly. that was the biggest thing is i don't and know that becomes a draw for you right because yeah. you're like well what what is this it must be something really great if yeah. it's going to you know, it if he's going to take time out of his valuable free yep. time and go and watch that that TV for that. It's important. Yeah, it was like a treat, you know, and you could, and and, uh, and you could tell to him it was like I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch this. I'm not going to produce anything. I'm not going to do work. You know, it's just I don't know. I think that was the kind of house. Sounds very similar to yours. Uh, different times I've heard you talk about it, but it was just where where work was almost some sick pleasure in some way, right? Where it was like, oh, there's, dude, totally. there's always yeah. work to do. It was just a yeah. matter of how much of it you were going to get done that day, you know? Um, My dad had an office always in the house, and yeah. his that's where he lived. I mean, he was in there, and then this was back before CAD was a thing. Uh-huh. So he was in there, and he, if you can imagine, he had this – you know, you know, we lived in a log cabin. My mm-hmm. dad built log cabins for a living. And nice. um, he, you'd walk into his office, very warm feeling, you know, like yeah. a grandfather clock, lots of wood. Um, you know, he, he would had traveled all over uh, Asia in the 80s, uh, helping set up these manufacturing firms oh, cool. over there. Um, and so he would bring back all these fantastic Asian uh, hand carved birds and you know he had nice. all the, he wasn't a hunter but he he loved to appreciate them he was yeah. more of a photographer so he would bring back this stuff and then he had in the corner and against the wall a huge drafting table so oh, like you know nice. back in the day you know and yeah. then the big drawers with the paper so you'd pull the paper out and then you know he we would sit down and he had all the french curves and all the line you know all yeah. the little plastic templates so you could and I would sit in there with his mechanical pencils and I'd draw away oh, and, you know, do my thing. It, it was, and then eventually sometime in the nineties, I think it was, yeah, it would have been like early to mid nineties. He got his first Mac, uh, a computer. Uh-huh. And it was that, um, you know, that one that looks like a box TV. I don't know what it's yeah. called. Like a two, two Apple two or something like yeah, that. The Apple two E or something. Yeah. Yeah, and then years later, it would be in the basement, and I would pull it apart to find Steve Jobs' signature on the inside no of kidding. the plastic piece. <laughs> yeah, it was one of the first ones, man, no for sure. Shit. Yeah, it was like a real deal. It was like his signature and um, Wozniak and yeah. you know, a bunch of other guys. I wish I would have kept all that No stuff. doubt. Holy oh, yeah. I threw it all in the trash, unfortunately. Yeah. But, but yeah, hand signatures with a Sharpie right on the inside man. of those things, because they were one of the first ones ever made. My awesome. dad was a early adopter of out of the garage so. or whatever that's you know it's crazy to think, I think about they, those that, guys they were yeah they were bigger than i don't yeah. know i you know it, it was i would say they were they were a smaller to mid-sized company at that sure. point but i think you Probably. know they were they were just getting started but, but uh, to think speaking like, of television real quick i yeah. wanted to uh say something exciting because i don't get excited about tv Ooh. that often yeah so I don't know if you're familiar with this TV show called Alone on I've the History Channel. I've heard of it, but I've not seen it. Okay, so I'll give you a brief synopsis of the premise. There's 10 people. They are dropped off in a very remote location, all uh, in the same area, but they're not allowed. They're given parcels. They're given like mm. five-acre parcels per person. They're not allowed to leave that parcel. 
and they're given a backpack and three items. Okay, so if you can imagine, uh, they can, or I don't know if it's three items or ten items, they get to pick like a, 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 a select few things to bring with them. A helicopter or a boat comes in, drops them off, and with that, all that stuff and a camera, and then they get, uh, they get to, they basically have to survive alone, and the last man standing walks away with a half a million dollars. Oh man! So this is sort of Survivor esque. So they 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 Correct. know they have a camera watching them, and it's not it's not a dr- dramatized show or anything. It, it isn't. It, yeah. yeah. So it's all real. And and then so if you can, you remember uh, Les Stroud, Survivor yep. uh-huh. Man? Do you ever yep. watch that show? If you uh-huh. could, if you could take his show and mix it with Survivor. Okay. It would be that. Okay. Man, so that sounds like person great. Who's on, it is. It yeah. is fascinating because what they they don't obviously drop them off in very kind environments. Sure. They drop them off in very harsh areas. And um and this season is a little bit different. They uh, by the what I'm getting at here is they've released a new season. I keep nice. bitching about not having any new TV to watch. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, I keep telling Sarah, I'm like they could film alone. I mean, literally, it is like the biggest social distancing game ever. Right, There's no yeah. one out there. They're by themselves. This and by the way, this is the if you're a business person and you look at this premise for the show, it is brilliant. All mm. you have to buy is the equipment, right? And probably a shit ton of insurance. Yeah, and pay and the then people send to do these it. people out, and then you hire guys to edit all the film together at right. the end, right? So that uh, would that would be a season one. <laughs> Oh, it's totally easy. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And in, with COVID, you could you should be shooting this like you should be doing layers of this. You should be shooting this in the Arctic and then, yeah. you know, in Chile and all these other places. Yeah, yeah. This season's different. This season, 10 people go out and they have to survive for 100 days. And if oh, they do, doesn't matter who, they all get a million dollars. Oh, wow. Stroke to check. So they could... Bucks. In theory, right? So as long as one person survives, right? So they could team up. They could, right? They can't like, team up. No, the, 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 the no, no teaming uh, up. You have to stay on your parcel, and you're oh, not your allowed parcel, to. That's right, yeah, yeah, you're not allowed to leave. So you're 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 in this. You've got I this think. area where you got to stay, and you have no food. They give you nothing. No food. Oh, no water. You How big's are, the parcel? An acre? I think it's five acres. Five acres. I think they okay. get five acres, and and typically, and in this season, they get um, some waterfront. So there's yeah. a, there's an, a lake that w- where they are is a far north uh, in Canada somewhere, uh-huh. like up near, um, not quite as far as Alaska, but yeah, they are up on this lake, and I and what I find interesting about this uh, this piece, the these shows, is the the mental breakdown. Oh man. You know, the people being out there just put away for a minute thinking about, well, what am I going to do for food and water? Usually within the first two weeks, two, three weeks, they have that figured out. Yeah. You know, you they've got rhythm, the hunting going. And then they, you know, what they do is they place them out there like in September. Yeah. So, it's the salmon it's cold. Are spawning. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got all these fish. People are yeah. catching fish and gill nets, and they're doing a lot of bushcrafting. If, if you're choosing those places, right? Like, it's one thing to choose incredibly harsh locations, but you also have to be a realist. You know, it's like somebody's right. got to win the fucking show every now and then. You know, <laughs> so if you're finding too harsh of a place, it'd be interesting to to see what their criteria is for selecting places because. 
think there's got to be some level of survivability there, right? <laughs> well, there is. It definitely is. But then as the season goes on, if you can imagine, September, yeah. October, November, Oof. and then now you're finishing the show in December. Up in the, in the North Country. Oof. By by the time you're dropped off, the lake is is you know it's plentiful. There's fish. Yeah. It's not frozen. By the time you're into your second month, that lake is frozen over. Yeah, you better know how to set a snare. You better know how to trap. You better know Some how to use a bow and arrow. Or... It is fascinating times ten. So go out and check out yeah. Alone on the History Channel. I watch it on Hulu mm-hmm. because that's all I have. But uh, oh god, it's so good. Like we're wa- we're binge watching it. You know, and the, sh- yeah. the episode's like an hour a piece, so okay. you get a real good soak. You know, with these these. That people. sounds like good good workshop. Uh, fodder you know i oh, i uh yeah, that's great i'm i was lucky enough that santa claus brought us two new rokus uh for our house oh. santa didn't realize that his helper bought another one and <laughs> the two of us <laughs> opened it on christmas Mom day and dad and both bought each other the same gift this yeah year. <laughs> so uh so dad says well the old apple tv gets to go in the workshop now so I I've like got, that. Yeah. I've never had a TV or uh you know, I I've, I've had my computer out in the shop and actually I really like that. I've got almost a little stand-up workstation right in my in my shop and that's been incredible for looking stuff up or you know, whatever. But now I've got another screen that's sort of over above my miter saw and uh I've got the Apple TV hooked up to that and it is awesome. <laughs> just awesome i listen to a lot of podcasts I find myself, and i i find myself using it too and yeah and you've I, got I, the I big never had a screen, tv right? well now i do yeah i didn't before i used to have just like an old imac like a 10 year old imac yeah. in here and then i would use it for reference and stuff you know you can get yep. a lot off your phone too you know you're like yeah, looking at your phone for sure well, here's what i do now so if I'm not listening to a podcast, I usually binge listen to pretty much every show on the on the Maker, Maker Network. Yeah, and then, me too. Um, you turn me on to um, the uh, coffee. Uh, the uh, guy, um, another another wood, shop podcast. Yeah. Podcast. Mike Coffee. Uh, that <clears throat> I'll I'll listen to that. Yeah. And then um, you know if if I want to have something out of the background. I'll go to YouTube and I'll turn on uh, Adam Savage is a is a yes. fantastic channel because he's like just like talking at the camera. <laughs> exactly. You yeah. got him. In, and you know who else is good for that, too, is I um, mean, I've told Dustin and Devin this, but the guys from the Art of Craftsmanship. Yes. You know, when when you're when you're in your workshop and you have all this solitary time, it's really nice to know that there's other people out there doing the same thing. Yep. And they're kind of, you know, you have no 100%. obligation to talk to them. You can just listen and pick something up every once in a while. And on top of that, it gives them views. So like, I'll just yeah. go, I'll go on the art of craftsmanship and I'll start their, their channel, like at the early stages. And I'll just tell it, uh, you know, how YouTube will just keep playing, whatever. I saw last I'll night. They it, have I only want to watch it. Yeah, they have a whole oh, yeah, playlist a, you can do that with now. Fantastic. But you're yeah. right, and folks may not know that if you're, you know, if you do, if you are inclined to do that, to just have a YouTube playing or whatever, it gives that channel watch time as well, right? So it's it does, and it's and huge. that's important from a creator standpoint because yeah. uh, YouTube will say, oh, and not only this, YouTube will go, you watch that whole video all the way through, and then. 
you watch the next one all yep. the way through and all and the way through. The, and and every the, ad and, <laughs> and all the know. ads. And and even if it's running on low volume or mute, it's still very yeah. helpful. Um, and in fact, uh, uh, I don't know if you remember me mentioning Aaron Lee Knives. Uh, the name is uh, yep. We, he was one of our shout outs, like oh, an yeah. early uh, creator uh, hot either. shout out. He just put out a video and I just want to play a, a real quick clip from his latest video. It was released uh, today. You can go out and find nice. his channel and um, he's doing channel? some really interesting things with uh, go my and Q my and doing all this stuff. But I want you to hear why I think he's going to be successful and, and, and we'll discuss this. I'm going to play like maybe 10 seconds of this clip. Okay. Right. Here. Cool. Hey guys, how's it going? I'm Aaron with Ailey Knives and tonight we're going to forge a go my billet. It's going to be the billet that I use on my next knife build. A go my billet consists of five layers. Tonight my billet is going to have a Damascus core with 1084 stripes and a 15 and 20 outer cladding and I'm going to do it all by hand with a hammer. So let's jump right in guys. All right, so here's the deal. Man. All right, so did so did you that is the first 21 seconds of that video. Perfect. Like the the perfect beginning. Perfect beginning. Hi, I'm Aaron Lee. This is what we're going to do. This is why and let's get started. Yep. And enough to pique your interest, right? Like we're going to have a Damascus core, we're going to have all these cool layers. Like I want now I want to watch it. You know, I'm going to pull it up right now and go see. Right. Exactly. Like it's, it's so drawing you in. This, exactly. This is, this is YouTube 101 right here. Yeah. When you create a video for YouTube, and I'm guilty of this, by the way, I don't do this in all my videos, but I have a following now where I don't really need to like grab yeah. the audience right straight away. He's still working. He's still sub 5,000 subscribers. Yeah. So, but which, by the way, Aaron is going to blow up and it's yeah, because he no understands he's a smart guy. Not only is he he's doing what he loves doing and he's passionate about it. He's there's a couple of reasons. He's very likable. He is uh, he's very smart. You can tell that. And he's passionate about what he does. And he understands that when you start your YouTube video, you have a very small window of time, maybe 10 seconds to grab that viewer. And if you don't do it in that first 10 seconds, they're going to click on to the next thing and watch something else. Yeah. So Aaron, we appreciate you. I know he listens to the podcast. Uh, we are, uh, we are in full support of you and we want to watch your rise up on YouTube. Can't wait to see what you do with your career. Uh, very excited to see what's, what's moving forward. So Heck yeah, I, I just wanted to share that real quick because I watched it this morning when he released it and I was like, man, he's got it nailed down. I mean, he, no and, you know, no expensive camera equipment. He's not, he's not shooting on a, you know, a, a real high end DSLR. No, he's doing this with no microphone. He's, he's crushing it though. Uh, and, yeah. And he's got a following that's very dedicated to him. He's already. near, nearly so. 5k already. That's awesome. I just pulled up his yep. channel, A Lee Knives. Um, yep. I don't know that he's got a named channel yet, so that might be one thing. I just noticed yeah, nah, that it his takes URL. Some time. I think. I think you gotta have what, like ten thousand subs for that ah, to get a custom URL. I think what it's less it? than that because I have one. Oh, maybe it's like a. It's maybe really it's like early. A thing you just but- have to apply for. Yeah, I think that's it. You just got to go in and do it. But regardless, really nice channel um, for sure. And I think, it, you know, it's interesting you talking about equipment. There are a million and one excuses 
why to not start a YouTube channel, right? And the most common one that I hear is I got to get a camera. Uh, you know, I have, you have like an awesome one on your phone, most likely. Yeah, you know? I have I mean, literally shot every single video, every single photo, every single clip on my entire Instagram and YouTube channels has come off of my iPhone. Every yep. single one of them. And most of those. No excuse. Yeah. Like most of those I've edited on my iPhone. Um, it's no very kidding. rare. You edit that I, right on the phone. Yeah. I've been using, um, oh, what is it called? I've been for a while. I've used filmmaker pro is the name of the app. You told me about that other app called Luma something. Yeah. Right. So is I've used, started using? using Luma fusion, which is, um, fusion. So filmmaker pro is like a $6 a month or like 50 bucks a year or something, uh, app. And then, Luma Fusion's like 30 bucks, buy it outright and uh, you get it. But it's, it's the, the features and functionality in Luma Fusion, honest to God, are as good as any desktop video editing I've seen. I mean, it's, it is on par with like a Final Cut or, uh, you know, okay. one of the other big, big editors. It's just amazing what you can do with Luma Fusion. Um, and surprisingly, folks say, God, how do you edit on the phone? And well, you know, they didn't take a desktop software and just shove it into the phone. They made it, they made a phone software. So it's surprisingly a lot easier. There are some annoying things with each of them. One of the biggest annoyances that I had starting out is the ability to speed up or slow down a video. For the most part, Every one of them only lets you do it like 2x, right? <laughs> and right. iMovie in particular is annoying as all get out because it literally will only let you speed a video up 2x and then you've got to export that file. And then this is the reason I in. don't use it. Oh, this is the, the exact reason why I switched away from iMovie on my iOS yeah. device was Garbage. because of what you just described. And I went over to, if I edit something on my phone, speaking of which, I did a uh, a reel yesterday, my second reel on Instagram, uh, where I, <clears throat> I saw your battling. Reel. <laughs> Love it. It's insane how many people watch those reels. But uh, the... Um, I've been battling the hardware COVID and hardware and everyone's battling this right now. Yeah. It's um, sourcing materials. So, you know, the grinder project I have going on um, utilizes there's 62 pieces of hardware that are included with the kit. The there's like these little brass rings that I use to isolate the inner race of the uh, platen wheels. And, and mm. I don't know if you saw my video that I released uh, last week, or last weekend about, uh, you know, the proper build procedure for putting together a platen assembly, yep. which is the D plate, the wheels, all the hardware. And I highlight those brass spacers because they're very important. They're, uh, they're a piece that will probably take 10 years to wear down, sure. but those wear down rather than your bearings. You know, your so bearings will probably go piece. too. I mean, yeah, it's sacrificial and it's this little thing. They're 85 cents. Uh, I buy them a thousand at a time mm -hmm. to put a, give you a point of reference. So do the math, uh, how much money I spend on this little tiny box yep. of brass spacers, which by the way, I fully believe is a integral part of this construction of this machine. And if it's not there, um, you know, I don't believe it's as high of quality. It's not going to last yeah. as long. Yeah. 
I was having a hard time ordering them, finding them. And so McMaster, who is my, my provider for all this, I went to them and I said, I ordered these two months ago. Where are they? Yeah. And, uh, Cause I, I have bins full of this stuff. As you saw in the reel, yeah. that bin was empty and I'm oh. going, I'm selling kits. I cannot sell any more kits unless I have these rings. Right. And, uh, McMaster being the amazing vendor that they are, I said to them, look, I cannot continue my business without this, these little tiny 85 cent, yeah. there's six of them Isn't included in my kit. And they went out and they found a machine shop to make those for me. Oh, man. And, so, and then put them all in a Ziploc bag and FedExed them to me. No kidding. Days. That is awesome. That, yeah, that is, I mean, hands down, awesome. You can't get any better than that. Cause I was like, look, no. you know, I mean, I spent a lot of money with McMaster and granted yeah. I'm a small company, but right. I'm like, I need these. This is like my bread and butter for my life. I can't, I, my customers are ordering right. and I cannot ship these. And, uh, we didn't miss one shipment. They showed up yesterday. I ran out of my <laughs> last handful of them. I was putting them in the kits. And then I got a delivery notification that my box was waiting for me. I went over there. That's incredible. And then I filmed the, you know, slicing yeah, open of the right. bag in slow motion because it's, <laughs> I don't think people understand the, the relevance or for me, the, the significance of that moment. Yeah. But it was like, I'm back in business, baby. How about you know? it? I mean, that, it's just something because of that, those little brass spacers. Yeah. That one little piece, right? But that's sort of the, um, that's the tale of manufacturing, isn't it? Is that um, that it's not an individual factory or assembly plant? Or it you know it's the web that comes into that place that's required to make manufacturing work, right? Um, I was talking to my father-in-law, you know, in that powdered metal industry back in PA, you know, and and he said that often that. He can have a powdered metal plant where he's making pressed parts, he said, but without heat treatment, I don't have a viable, uh, I don't have a part that I can sell, right? So they ship it across the street to the heat treaters, you know, after they press yep. the part. And yeah. before it goes into the press, you need the die setters and the tool and die makers. So there's another factory that makes tool and die. And, yep. you know, it's that whole web of manufacturing that I think sometimes is lost. It's like, we're going to put an iPhone factory in Kentucky. Great. But what's going to supply that iPhone factory? You know, if there's right. not a web of um, of resources to pump into that iPhone factory, they ain't gonna make iPhones. <laughs> you know, that's right. So I it's think a people concert of many that. people that come together to for one common goal. Yeah, and then a guy like me comes along and says, "I've got this idea, and I want to do it." And then I put it out there to the world. And I've said this so many times, but the world, the market decided that yeah. I was good at that. And they said, we'll support you. A community rose up out of nowhere and supported mm -hmm. my work. And then, uh, and then I was, of course, the project manager at that point. I became the yeah. guy that goes out and finds the brass spacers and, you know, gets the laser cut steel. And, you know, I hire a guy now. Okay. I, now this guy, this is what he does. And it, and it becomes, uh, it's like a seed was planted and a, and a tree is growing and it's just, it's beginning, it's getting stronger and stronger. The roots are, you know, putting there, but there's all these little pieces that if it doesn't all fit together properly or one thing changes, 
you know, that tree could die. So it's Easily. important to push, push, push every day. One of yeah. the things I really like about the story I'm telling, the narrative that I'm laying out in front of um, so many people uh, on YouTube is uh, not to toot my own horn or anything, but I mean, no. it, so many people have told me that the American dream is dead. No. And in fact, I believed it. Mm -hmm. I, I was one of the guys when I was a young man, I was a 22, 23 yep. year old young man. I was angry. Sure. You know, uh, I, and then I read a book called who moved my cheese. Yeah. I remember reading that. I, don't know if I had you, a basketball coach that had me read that book. Yeah. 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 Who moved my cheese? And it basically is essentially everyone is out there trying to get the cheese, you know, yep. and, and, and you keep thinking somebody moved my cheese. Where's my cheese? But, you know, <laughs> listen, it's not your cheese until you go out and get it. You have yep. to go find it. You're a rat in a maze. This is why they call it a rat race. I mean, yep. it's it's legit a rat race. And not to diminish what we're doing as uh, as people, but in 100 years, none of this will matter. I mean, really, no. like I'll be dead and gone. You know, the hopefully the Grinder Project will live on. You know, maybe it'll morph into something else. Maybe it'll turn into a multi-million dollar, billion dollar company. I don't know. But here's the thing. That fertile ground that was laid out ahead of me, the internet, the American economy, the global economy, COVID. all the people who <laughs> came together to help me support this is not by accident. No. This is what the American dream has been. And, and, and it's probably the same way in a lot of other countries who are uh, uh, in living in a capitalist or democratic society. Right. It is designed to fuel people like us who are interested in building small economies that turn into big economies. Yep. People bitch about Jeff Bezos in the cash grab and the Amazon. That was not by accident. No. He built that from nothing, from zero. Well, look at Same with Elon Musk. Look at Elon Musk. What's yeah. he, South African? He comes yeah. to America and prospers and becomes the yep. second richest human being on the planet. We talked about Apple computers earlier, right? Yep. About your, your dad's early Apple IIe. Those guys started in a freaking garage, just like That's you right. and I, right? With, right. with a dream and, a, and a, a hope. I think the common misconception, though, is that the American dream is an easy thing to achieve. Right. That everybody and their brother was right. achieving it back in the day. And that's why the American dream is dead. Right. Those are the easy. only stories you hear because yeah. they're prevalent. You right. know, you hear about the Harley Davidsons yeah. and the, as you know, if the there Fords was like and... cheese everywhere and everybody was grabbing yeah. the cheese. You know, that's not true. There, there's that's... more cheese now than there was back then. Easily. That's the, Easily. that's my argument Ten times for this. The cheese. Yeah. And, and I it's think like, that dude, it's you're absolutely right. If you have an idea for the for maybe the first time in our history um if you have an idea and you work hard to formulate that idea and you work hard to market that idea you can literally go from zero to hero all by yourself right and in the past somewhere along the way you would need a hand from something from somewhere from some outside external source but today with the tools we have the entire package is at your disposal Right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, that's right. In the past, if you came, if you came up with a, a two by 72 grinder, the best maybe you could hope for would be to sell it to everybody in your town. Right. Correct. <laughs> um, and then maybe if you got lucky, your state, you know, or your, um, your county, but it somewhere along the line, it would stop, right? Your, the geographic 
dispersion would get the best of you and you couldn't you couldn't overcome that today there is no boundary to that you know with the internet and everything else you can get your message your product out to literally the entire world and it's with pretty a click crazy and a yeah hashtag. with a click and it's easy to forget about that and i think i know i forget about that i think we all who play on social media to some extent forget about that but that reach that you have is massive it is i've not paid one dime not one right. dime to advertise my two by 72 belt grinder project yeah. it was all invested in uh time and video work and yep. social media and it cost me zero but time and this this is my other argument for this is that when people go well, I posted a video about it and only five people watched it, or I only have a hundred subscribers, or I only have, and I go, well, did you think it was going to happen overnight? No. I mean, you know, you there's, and there's a bunch of people, by the way, trying to ride my coattails yeah. and they're not bringing anything to the table. Right. I have told them, you know, I, I don't ignore them. I just listen to what they're saying. And then I think to myself, you're asking me for something. Yeah. Here's the thing. You should be giving me something. I'm in yeah. a position to help you. And they're like, no, I'm in a position to help you. And I'm like, I kind of disagree with you. And yeah. I'm sorry you don't you don't see it that way, but bring me something I don't have. And then let's talk about how that's mutually beneficial. Yeah. And then once that's that once that business relationship has been established, then we rise up together. But there's right. a whole bunch of dreamers and people who are coming up with concepts which may or may not have merit. But You're at right. the same time, you've got to bring those people something that they don't already have. I've I've thought like I've been now paying paying attention to your DIY belt grinder uh, community on Facebook, right? And I was I was thinking very similar thoughts the other night. You know, just reading through different things where. Um, you know, hey, what kind of belt grinder would you recommend? And somebody recommends someone other than yours, right? And so you start to see all these other guys that are are basically taking your design um, and reselling it or whatever. And and I thought that same thing. Like, why? What what compels folks to do that? To rip you off instead of saying, "Hey, wait a minute, <laughs> this is going maybe... on right now." By the way, there's right. a, there's a guy exactly. that like legit copied yep. everything I have. Yeah, yep. But what and, compels and him weird. to do that instead of reaching out to you and saying, "Hey, man, can I get some of that cheese?" You know, like well, here's the hey, thing. Can I, I offered him you? something? By the way. I yeah. offered them and him something. I was like, dude, I can tell you, if you want to make side money, here's how you do it. And I like yeah. laid it out for him. I'm like, this is a piece I don't have. If you want to uh, make this, yeah. then make this. And, and in fact, I even offered him publicly. I said, I'll buy 200 of them right now. <laughs> and uh, you know what he did? He posted more photos of my oh, ripoff, my of his ripoff design of my thing. And I'm just like, okay. Can't help. Uh, you. Yeah. Can't I can't help, help the person that can't help themselves. And, and hey. Yep. I appreciate his chutzpah. I mean, I yep. think it's great and there's no original ideas anymore, but it's just, but still. I think it's the approach he took, you know, buy my plans, replicate it, and then put it out there as your own idea. I just, I highly disagree nah. with it. I, I just think it sucks. But at the same time, I, you don't see me responding to his, his posts because, and he's even doing it on the, the grinder community pages that I own. Yeah, so like right. I have the ability to ban him and remove him completely 
from my space. I could just right. delete him and ban him and he would be gone. I'm not doing that though. No. I, I don't, I'm not a tyrant. I don't believe in any of that. I just think like, look, he'll shoot. He's trying something out. And I kind of appreciate that. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, I appreciate that. He's trying something out. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, <laughs> you know, I've messaged him privately and said like, look, you legit just took my files and exported them and then modified them slightly and then didn't tag me at all. And then, you know, basically people are writing in going, I want to buy your plans. Oh, man, these are great. And then, you know, of course, people are going, this is the revolution. What are you doing? Like, What is going on here? And that's the beauty Um, of the community that you've created. Right. And and I think the power of it. And so and I use that as an example to folks that that question you know, the new internet culture or whatever. And I, and, and I, I show that as evidence, right. And in my mind, I don't know, you used to hear for a while there, you know, like, Oh, kids aren't going to know how to communicate anymore because all they're going to do is talk to each other on the internet. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. Not a problem, right? Like in some ways we become better communicators, right? (laughs) And here's an example of that where, um, Something that an intangible that I think people would find hard to believe exists on the internet, defending a person or, you know, uh, having a sense of affinity for a group or whatever, loyalty, uh, camaraderie, that all exists in that one little DIY belt grinders and machines forum, right? It's, and it's so crazy. weird, isn't it? You know what I think about all the time <clears throat> is, uh, you know who Christopher Guest is? The Mm -hmm. filmmaker, he makes all the mockumentaries. He made this is Spinal Tap, Waiting for Guffman and all that. I think to myself that somebody like him should make a mockumentary about the DIY grinders community (laughs) and like interview us all and me like being like this like headstone of like, you know, cornerstone guy who's like running the show (laughs) and all this. It would be hilarious, by the way. I would watch that. It would because there, there is such, uh, I don't, uh, yeah, it's it's so amazing to watch all of these guys who are very passionate about these machines. Yeah. They're making them themselves and then they're we're all kind of like stealing ideas from each other. Yeah. And we all know it. You know, we're all going, "Oh, sure. that's the so and so's and that's and then and then it's like um you know, once in a while somebody'll pop up with a really great concept. Um, uh, one of the guys who I always refer to is Richard Beck. Uh, he's like an engineer. He builds like machines for a company uh, in uh-huh. Indiana where he is. And him and I chat back and forth all the time and are sharing concepts and ideas. And even though we're both in the same uh, space and might some might consider us competitors, we have found a common ground where right. we're sharing concepts between each other because we both know it's mutually beneficial for the community, you know, whether or not yeah. like all these guys are, Oh, I'm going to do this and sell this and make a million bucks. It's like, there's a lot of easier ways to make a million dollars than selling grinders. I mean, you, you right? definitely do it in a different <laughs> space. I mean, there's this, you're not going to be a rock star. Just let's put it that yeah. way. But the, but the, the idea that all of these engineers were all kind of like coming together going, we're making these machines better together. Yeah. And then I'll come up with the concept of, okay, we've now come up with this. I've designed this. Uh, some of my concepts were used. Some of somebody else's concepts were used, but we're going to put them all together. And then I'm going to make it really easy to build. And yeah. I'm going to make it really easy to buy all the parts and do all of that. 
there's not, it's not just the design component. So like this person who is copying my concepts, I don't, you know, I think of it in terms of, well, unless he really fires up and gets a manufacturing thing together yeah. and wants to do this full time, I'm, I'm not going to bash the guy, but I, I appreciate what he's doing. I mean, right. I, in a way, I don't the, like the way he's doing it, but I appreciate it, you know, but the design is only one part, right? I think correct. kind of so what you're saying is that you can have plans for a house, but that doesn't make it a home, right? Uh, right. You know, it's like, right. good point. You can have a, not, you know, a big fat workbook of plans on how to build a two by 72, but he doesn't have Brian House's community of support and your videos and, you know, yada, 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 on and on and on. That is what makes, you know, there, there's, and I guess that's maybe the difference between a product and a brand, right? Is you, the, the brand brings you that full package. It brings you the support. You can buy some, knockoff Chinese computer that will behave like an Apple computer, but it doesn't have the community behind it and it doesn't have the support behind it and everything else, right? You buy an Apple computer, you have a question, either Apple's going to answer that or one of their five bazillion customers who's ner who nerds out to it on a nightly basis is going to totally. answer your question. You know, so I a hundred percent agree. I, I really think that there's so much more to developing a product and a brand than most people realize. Mm -hmm. And you could invest years of your life to, to attempt it and never achieve uh, any level of success. It's a very right. risky endeavor. Um, but uh, you know, if you do it right and, and you, I think it's again, important that you're passionate about it. If you're not, it's going to fall to the wayside, just like everything else. I use the Tormek as an example for this, you know what a Tormek is? It's like uh -huh. a slow turning uh, knife sharpening system. Yep. If you just look at all of the clones of that oh, there's uh, a particular million, right? device. Yeah. So if you can think of uh, the Tormek, it's an $800 device that's They're crazy it, expensive. It, they're crazy expensive. And the, the um, knockoffs and are so out. cheap. <laughs> the knockoffs are super cheap. You can get one on Amazon, I think for 200 bucks. Yep. Um, and there's all these videos online. Uh, James over at Redbeard Ops has done one where he compared the two and then ended up like basically saying like, if you buy the when, which is like the cheapest one out there, yeah. you're going to end up having to do so much to, to get it tuned get it. Yeah. in order to make it functional. Yep. But I use that as an example also of copyright and um, intellectual property. Uh, uh, you know, uh, what, is it, what do they call that? Oh. Like um, where you steal someone else's concept. And, I know what you um, mean. Yeah. Um, it's like theft of intellectual property. I know yeah. there's a whole bunch of names for it, patent infringement and all this other stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I started digging into um, belt grinders to try to figure out. Uh, where the first original concept for a belt grinder came from. Yeah. Uh, and it's really tough to, to nail down uh, oh, one particular person who created the first belt grinder. Cause that's the Genesis. If you think about it, right? Yeah. If you look at a two by 72, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, an evolution of many different machines. Yep. Well, I came upon a guy named George T. Huxford. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Huxford isn't known for anything really. Um, he, other than <laughs> in 1931, he created a machine called a, a grinding machine. Okay. And, and if you look at the drawings and you look at the patent information on it, it looks a lot like what we're doing. 
I mean, it, it, it's kind of like an early phase of a belt grinder. And, and then also, surprisingly enough, he also held the first patent on the surface grinder. The, oh, cool. the, the, you know, a flat top tabletop thing with a wheel that moves and it moves in a, in a very yep. um, tight tolerance. Oh, okay. Our annual, what are you doing? What are you uh, our annual air compressor. Got to, got to pop the air compressor. <laughs> oh man. You think I would but remember you, that. I think it's interesting to find out the 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 original place where these machines come from yeah. because it gives me fodder yeah. for these assholes who are calling me out going oh that piece is you know this like this and shit's been listen, around for every, ages it's been around right? since 1931 and yeah. you can dig now and I, like i just i basically want to take all these trolls and i want to light them on fire with right thoughts. that's what i want to do now i want to go next time you get in a toyota look how much it looks like a ford Right. You know, it's got a steering yeah. wheel. It's got a brake pedal. It's got four wheels on it. Next time you use your Tormac, look how it looks like a Wen or a Grizzly or a Harbor Freight version yep. of that. Yep. We it are just, all living on. in a time where people well, are taking designs and making them better. Look at jointers, right? There's another example. So I got this nice new jointer from Max Siwa, right? Well, the thing, it wasn't until it came until I really started looking at it and comparing it to what's out there. It's quite literally an exact copy, an exact copy of the jet joint, eight inch, uh, you know, straight knife jointer. By the way, why are these guys not suing each other? Like I, everyone I know, seems to right? say that, yeah. that, you know, that that's my thing is like, people are not wasting their time with this anymore. No, they are building community and, and, and brands. Yeah, and it's the exact same as the Powermatic 8-inch straight knife jointer. For all right? we like, know, it was made in the same place. It's the same freaking casting, right? It's the same cast. Right. Uh, it's the same cast. I guarantee you it's coming out of the same factory. Uh, when I started working with Harvey, uh, that was when I really started seeing that and started opening my eyes to that because Harvey is an OEM manufacturer for all kinds of table saws, right? And they just happen to say, say OEM. To, explain that real quick because I don't think everybody understands what that means. Yeah. So, so they basically Grizzly or Jet or someone hires Harvey over in China, uh, to, you know, they come up with a design or maybe they don't even have a design. They just say, we would like a table saw in this price range. What can you do for us, Harvey? And Harvey then makes the saw right they build the saw or the widget you know whatever it is um and they sell it back to jet or grizzly or whomever the heck it is grizzly then puts their branding on it or they pay harvey to put their branding on it right so when those saws come over on the boat they've got grizzly on them but they were you know built and and polished and put together all by this harvey industries over in china um they, I bet you they, this uh, happens a lot more. I, I bet you oh, this is happening yeah. with almost every single tool that we're seeing on the market. Guaranteed. Now. I mean, you, I would you imagine. Start looking, like, why would just, you build a whole new factory to build yeah. a tool that's already, there's a factory already outfitted. All they have to do is roll it into a different paint booth and spray it, paint it green instead of yep. beige and then slap a grizzly sticker on it instead exactly. of a Powermatic. 
Where do I you mean, think, really? you know, these these knockoffs, as we call them, you know, you, you buy, a, buy a Chinese knockoff of a, of a Merca sander, which I've seen that now starting to float around the internet, right? Is that oh, yeah. there's a knockoff version of the Merca out there. Where do you think that's coming from? I mean, it almost certainly has to be. Imagine the expense involved in creating blow molds for plastic, uh, you know, sourcing all these parts, all of this. Just imagine the expense involved in that effort and think, how could it exist in 50 different places, right? Like nobody in their right mind would go through that. <laughs> Every businessman on the planet is going, yeah, why not just make them in the same place, right. slap a different sticker on it, and then this particular yep. jointer gets, uh, you know, the the support of the Grizzly team. Yeah. And this particular one, we're going to charge a little more because you get the support and the branding of the Powermatic. Now, yeah. there might be subtle differences, like, you know, the hardware there, yeah. that it's used well, to put together. A difference like I noticed with my jointer, mine has four knives instead of three. The Jet has three. So but they that can be it. swapped out, right? You can yeah. swap that blade out, right? And if it's yeah. the, almost the exact same one, the spindle's probably the same. You can probably it's all the same. slide the shaft on. Yeah, you could probably. Yeah, because I see these helical cutters for planers, and yep. they all they're all made in China, and they're really super expensive if you buy one from Dewalt. But if you get one from China, they look the exact same. Not exactly. saying it's the same quality. I'm just saying it's right. They all well. Fit. There's always that question of quality. I think, and I I, I don't know. We could you, you could debate that probably for ages and ages and ages um but i think your expectation of of quality everybody's is different right so i think it's um that i don't know to me it's really interesting just to think about something as large as a table saw right so the table saw that i have as an example it is almost almost an exact replica of the old delta unisaw which was a, a pretty popular, still is today. If you find a Unisaw, odds are it's it's going to be a good runner still to this day, you know, 30-some years old or whatever. The only thing Harvey changed is they beefed it up, you know. So now you've got all the aspects of a Unisaw beefed up. They pulled out a lot of their old molds and everything else, you know, all their old templates and everything else to build this thing and just improved it slightly. But yeah, it is a reinvention of an old tool, <laughs> you know, so that, that that has to happen or else it wouldn't be affordable to make these machines. I think we've it. uncovered a massive tool conspiracy. Oh, right yeah. Here. I think someone needs They're to do an investigative uh, a piece on this and go over and, and dig it up and figure it all out. I, I think it'd be interesting to follow, but I, and I think it would also open people's eyes to you know, what you're doing as a consumer and where your yeah. dollars go, you know, because if you look at anybody who's got any amount of wealth, they don't go for the cheapest of right. anything. You know, they're, they're going to go and buy and, and a lot of people think, well, it's because they have the money, they can afford it, you know, that they want to mm -hmm. spend more money because they can. And I don't know if that's true. I think it's more of a perspective, you know, <clears throat> I think it's more like a, I think it's more like, 
uh, I'll use cookware as an example. When I when I was a kid, my mom had Le Creuset, like the uh-huh. whole uh, enameled cast iron cookware. French. My mom wasn't a big cook. She wasn't a chef. It was it's a long story how we acquired it. It's kind of a funny story. I won't go into it now, but um, it was, we've got uh, a couple of those pots. Yeah, no, they're, gr- they're, they're great. great pots and pans. When they yeah. sold that house, they were hanging on a pot rack, and I don't think they'd ever been used once. Oh, uh, man. But, the, <laughs> but um, I took them. And um, I uh, love to cook, so I started using them. And it, up until that point, um, I was in college, so I was using like Walmart, you know, just yeah. cheap aluminum Teflon coated pans. And now all of a sudden, I'm using this heavy cast iron, enameled cast iron pan, and I realized this is a game changer for me. Like yeah. all of these pots and pans were so such a pleasure to use. You know, there's thermal mass in the cast iron. You yep. could do a lot with them that you couldn't do. Uh, with, you know, it's a whole, it basically, you could cook a grilled cheese in one and another, and it was, you had to do it differently because yeah, of night the, and day. the night and day. Sort of like, I co- like a gas it, versus electric stove, right? Exactly. And, yep. It's I that liken line. that to everything I do or all the things that I buy. Uh, I don't, I don't necessarily need to buy Le Creuset of everything. Right. But there's certain things that I use all the time that I yeah. must 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 have the best um and i think that the revolution is the best by the way i'm gonna give myself a cheap plug so Hell just yeah, if you man. buy a revolution grinder from me you get my support and you get my backing of the product and if something goes wrong we fix it so yeah. um anyway now that we have gotten all of those nice speaking of, of spending way, money speaking of the like the million dollars you could win if you go on it alone that's that's like, like a big it. check somebody strokes you a check for living out in the wilderness for a hundred days a hundred days with nothing you get a check for a million bucks it's a tough and, one. and it's free and clear by the way free and clear no strings attached you you are it's literally someone hands you two huge bags of cash yep. like they do in the movies you know like these two big suitcases filled with you know hundred dollar bills what are you gonna do with it my my first have you put any thought immediate- into this what's that you have a, you already have a thought i already know. i have already i have tons of thoughts my first thought honestly quite honestly is that a million bucks isn't honestly that much anymore. You know, it used Good to sound point. like Good point. freaking crazy amounts of money. Today, a million bucks, man, is not quite as much as it used to be. I'll say I that. Agree. Uh, but it's a nice <sighs> ramp, though. It's a nice, yeah. nice cushion. Yeah. Oh, man. This is why it's yep. an interesting question. This here, Here's why I think this is such an interesting question, just because of what you brought up. It's not enough to retire on. If nope. you live in America, unless you live in a real low cost of living area, a yeah. million dollars is not going to get you through. And it's not if you're in your thirties, to... you cannot invest it even and, no. and draw four percent. You wouldn't be able to do that and live. Yeah. I mean, maybe some people are going to probably argue with me about that. I think if you're I'm smart sure. enough, you might be able to do it and you live in a, in a tent. But I, I'm saying if you, ta- if you have this money and let's just say, no strings attached, million dollars. You can use it to ramp up whatever you want to do. What would you do with it? I I know what I'd do. Do you know what you do? Tell me. I know. What I would. I, do. I would I probably. Exactly what do you know, the the first thought that comes to mind is invest it, right? But how? That's the biggest question: is how to invest it. And as you say, 
using traditional methods via the bank, you're not really going to, you know, in my lifetime, I'm not going to pull, I'm not going to get that much bang for my buck if I go to the bank. So I would have to invest it in physical things. And so I would invest it in business. I would invest it in, in uh, my business and, and the dream of what I want it to become. Um, and yeah, so I would invest it in probably something that is a community building sort of makerspace type thing that has a content creation side to it. Um, I don't know. I've, I've recently had this idea that pooling together makers, um, uh, you know, that already have an existing following or an existing brand, bringing people like that together to uh, create more and better content, uh, I think sounds really interesting to me. But then also just involving the community and involving getting kids in to make stuff. And so sort of a community center slash maker. I think the concept of a maker space these days is challenged pretty, pretty hardcore. I don't know that it's a, I don't know that it's a viable model unless you're in the perfect market for it. Um, and Boise's not a market for it. There are some very successful maker spaces out there, but I think, you know, if you're in a place like Boise or a similar market, um, where people have garages and they have backyards and they can make stuff there. They're not going to go to a makerspace. So I wouldn't do a makerspace, but something similar to that, a community maker center. <laughs> I, I think you're right on with that. So I, do you remember Casey Neistat started 368? It was yes. like this, like yep. a, sim, a similar concept where you're bringing mm-hmm. a bunch of makers together to work together and his uh, space in New York uh, was set up so that um, people could come in and use it, you know, and, yeah. and they could share what they were. And he had like a mock kitchen in there and he had a podcasting set up and he had all these things going on. Again, I don't know the, I don't know the specifics of where that is right now because I know he moved to LA. So there's, yeah. I don't know what that project, where that status of that project is. Um, I think there's money in that. I, I would say for me personally, um, I have a hard time dealing with people and dealing with the public. Yeah. As personable as I am, um, there's a very select few people that I actually truly like. And I know, right. and, and I'm not, no offense to anybody. It's just, it's just that I don't have the, I've never had patience for, for the hand holding and all, all of that. It's just not my personality. I'm not that type of person. I'm very business driven. Yeah. I'm very focused. Um, you know, I look at all my relationships, um, in my friendships as friendships and my business relationships as business relationships. And very few of those actually intermingle, especially yeah. like with family and everything. I don't, people, my family members have come and asked, well, I, I can come work for you. And it's, eh, yeah, I'm very hesitant yeah. uh, uh, in regards. Cause I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not hard to work for, but mm, when the shit separate. hits the fan, yeah. you know, it's going to be a little awkward at Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. You fired just, uncle Jim. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, he's an idiot. What, I, what am just, I going to say? Right? <laughs> you know, I, can't, I can't keep him on. He's a bumbling moron. I can't, right. He always not was. To say, I, I don't it. like you, Uncle Jim. You know, but yeah. uh, it, it's it's one of those things where I think I'm more introverted, but I'm also very um, I like to have the the concept of of educating people 
and yeah. all of that. So you want to hear what I would do? My my yeah. idea is very similar to yours. Oh, it's more cool. fleshed out. It's it's a little bit. Yeah, more I didn't out. flesh it out too far, but yeah. Same concept as what you have going on. Mm. However, we do this in a way where we bring in people like Aaron Lee. Yeah. Knives and uh, coffee. Um, who is it? John Coffee. What's his name? Um, Ma, coffee. Mike Coffee. Ma- Mike Coffee. We coffee bring in all these guys and we go, we, 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 we tell them we're, we're creating this concept where I'd like to bring you in under the fold of what we're doing. Yeah. And you're now Professor Aaron and Professor yeah. Mike, and nice. you're now educating. And their obligation is like, say, one class a month. Sure. Okay. So you come in and you show somebody one thing. And if you want to do more, you can. And yeah. here's a salary to do that. Yep. Okay. So here's, here's 50 grand a year to create 12 things. And, and then, and then we're going to take that and then we're going to uh, make sure that a bunch of people see it. Yeah. And then, and, and then if you want, you can add on to those things and you can sell those pieces, you know, other little small classes, or you can do one-on-one trainings. You can do all this stuff and have access to these makers. Cause if you're an, if you're a follower of somebody, if you really love their work, that file, that, that person, the creator knows that there's probably, you know, let's just say like Alex Steele, he gets millions of views, right? Every day, I'm sure. But there's probably like, I would say like a handful of people that would be considered his inner circle of followers who yeah. he would like to interact with, yep. but you know, he just can't do it. I mean, it's just really tough. What's the, um, and this would open that door for that creator in sort of a liaison way to yep. essentially start an online college of makers who would get together and put curriculum together and mm-hmm. form an, uh, f- basically form a college where you don't have to go anywhere. You get trained online. You can watch these makers and interact with them and actually learn something in, in the real world, like the yeah. real time world. So it's be like the, the, the college of makery or whatever. Right. You become like a, a, like a collective of, so there's the maker mob, right? Have you seen the maker mob with, with uh, Jimmy DeResta and, Samurai Carpenter and um, there's a handful of those guys that are getting together and they're creating content um, as a collective. And, okay. and um, I think you Is can this describe- a similar concept to what I just described. I, I'm not familiar similar, with the maker- but, but, but oh. somewhat different. I think, you know, basically they're purely just doing it to create good content. I think there's Got no, okay. um, there's no real structure behind it, but I really like that concept of, of, putting it together as a curriculum because I think that there are a lot of these uh, skills that there are, you can go to trade school and never learn how to pour uh, epoxy to make a river table as an example, right? Sure. You could be a, become, go to a furniture making school and you're never going to get that. Not, not that you should, but um, so that diversity of skill, I think is really unique when you look at the maker community as a whole right so everything else sort of specializes whether it's carpentry or furniture making or plumbing or any of the trades very specialized right um and i think bringing all of these quote experts uh together in such a way 
to me puts all that puts all that in a, a very organized fashion. It right. also that's the problem I have right now with going online to learn it's something. Shotgun. I love YouTube. It is. It, it's like I watch Aaron Lee do something. Make let's just say making his Q my uh, dagger yeah. that he put together. I find that fascinating. It's not something that I would me personally would do right now. I think down the, ro- the road I would. Uh, but if that was in a select, like if he had like a, a kind of a granular sort of classroom setup where he yeah. could edge. If you think about all these makers, by the way, um, even Jimmy Duresta, even these guys that are big, big, big guys, Alex Steele is another great example of yeah. somebody who is entertaining and educational all at the right. same time. Yep. Think about how valuable that is. In fact, it is super valuable in the YouTube space. I mean, these guys, oh, this man. is the reason why they're so popular and why YouTube has been um has been as successful as it has yeah. is because if you talk to anybody who uses YouTube like we do, they go out to actually learn something, but they're being entertained at the same time. I don't yeah. know about you, but I paid a shit ton to a college that I went to I have a bachelor's of I, science degree. And I, wa- I listened to these, these professors drone on about nothing and learned yeah. very little. I learned about what not to do for the most yep. part. And I walked away with a degree where I felt like, Hey, this is an accomplishment and um, it's fantastic. And then I got into the real world and I realized none of the shit that I just paid all of this money to learn has anything to do with me being in a professional career setting. All it did was network me with this is the whole reason why I got into Fox television was because I knew somebody. Exactly. And it was because I worked for that guy for free and he was a Fox executive. And it, it was, it's basically just like everybody learns down the road. You know, when you're mm-hmm. out of college, you learn it's not who you, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Who you know. And exactly. My I argument think- is give it, give them that what you know yeah. stuff and then also connect them with people and then let those, those makers and the people who have enormous amounts of potential. Like Aaron Lee, the guy that's got less than 5,000 subscribers on YouTube, let him rise up quick. And you're pulling all of that together, right? And that's the beauty from a consumer. If I'm a person wanting to purchase that service or, or, or consume that service, now all of those makers are all collected together, right? And now... You've got the best of all of them coming into one place you, and, and they've formed their own community. Um, from a, from a perspective of brands, um, I think it, it becomes an attractive entity to the, to the brands, to tool makers and Ooh, uh, product manufacturers as well, right? Because now that side of your business can flourish as well. If I've got, 20 makers all coming together to create content. If I'm a table saw manufacturer, I'm going to work with you. <laughs> you oh, know, I'm going to, I'm going to say, think hey, of that, Ben, wow. Yes. Yeah. And then yeah, if I'm a tool guy, I want to, I want, I want my tools in every one of those virtual yeah. classrooms, which might be, exactly. which might be garages, you know, yeah. somewhere. So, so you, you're putting wow. together this collective of people. And I think, so to to your point, the one last thing I'll say is if you look at the current content creation space, we're all flying solo. We're all trying to get the same cheese, uh, but very few of us come together to, to say, you know, two or three of us together could get more cheese or get the cheese faster right and so in my mind there are there are so few collaborations like true collaborations and collectives of of makers 
that I think that's something I think that that needs to change or that could change or there's at least an opportunity for change there, right? You Where you see it happen are things like this where you and I do a podcast together. So we collaborate on a few things, but we're not, we're not, you know, inherently tied together in business. You know, Ben Butler and Brian House aren't in business together. But if we were, I, I don't know, there's part of me that starts to wonder about that. It's like, man, what if we were? What if there yeah. were every one of us in the makery were all together as one entity uh, to help brands market tools? Holy hell. Well, <laughs> you know? that, that is an awesome idea. And Craig from the uh, – Craig Lockwood, by the way, the, the almighty savior of mm-hmm. us as makers, he, he did something interesting with creating the makery network. In fact, mm-hmm. before he created the makery, he had the concept similar to what I'm talking about, where he would have, um, I think it was called like Maker Tube, where yeah. it was an organized area for all that. these makers to get together and and uh, do these things. Um, I'm not sure how fleshed out he made the idea. He abandoned it and yeah. and converted it to what we're doing now, which is the Makery Network. Um, and it's a pod. I think what it <laughs> ultimately here's why I think this business concept is going to never happen. Or if it does, it's got to take the right kind of person to actually put this together, which yeah. is not me, by the way. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> so um, there's no the reason the reason why this will never or will be very difficult to start is because it requires the participation of a lot of very creative, busy people. Yes. And if you're not giving them a lot of money to participate and do this every week, you're really, it would take an enormous amount of capital to get it off the ground. This is all in my head for a dreamers thing. This, the million dollar dream would be to do something like this that would fuel that. Um, but is it realistic? Uh, you know, I don't know. You'd have to have some serious skill sets. I can remember Jonathan Katz Moses talking about that when he first came out with his channel and his workshop space there in California. And I can remember several, like maybe six or eight of his very early videos hearing him say, you know, we've got this great space. We're going to outfit it with the best of the best tools. Uh, We want this to be a place where we bring in makers from throughout the community to film content, use the space and, you know, yada, 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 so on and so forth. And, and I don't know that I've seen a video yet where people came in to use his space. We've all got our own spaces, you know? And I think that's, that's a big part of it, but I did. And and that's why you would do it virtually because those people would be filming themselves in their own space. Look at uh, Jason Knight. And he did his, I don't know if you know who Jason Knight is, but, um, mm-hmm. he did a, he did a knife, uh, bladesmithing and, uh, blacksmithing courses and he's doing fantastic with it. Yeah. It, it, yeah. You know, he's selling them kind of like, uh, back in the day where you could, you know, uh, you know, 10 videos on how to make a knife and you would get it on a DVD. He's kind of doing the same concept, but through the, you know, just streaming, you know, online, yep. um, really yeah. kind of a, a, a great concept, um, I, I think education is highly underrated. The other thing I would do with a million dollars, if I had a million bucks, I'd buy a bigger building so that I could import my own everything and, and do all go. my prototyping here. And, you know, um, I'm, I'm a little bit, um, I'm a little bit, uh, um, short. I, I, I don't have the, um, I don't have the, all the things that I need, but I have more than enough. So like, sure. but I wish I had more room 
to really yeah. flesh out some of these concepts. And, you know, hey, if I keep working and keep plugging away with what I'm doing, a new building, it shouldn't be that far off in my future. It should be like maybe another five years or something. Yeah. I think I'll have a bigger space. That's always an interesting one to me, you know, because I, I, I've got such a small operation here, but the thought of ramping it up, I've, I've almost not tried to ramp it up. You know, out oh, of I'm just you. Yeah. fear of like, what if it got really big? And which is such a silly thing to do. But I think a lot of people do that, right? A lot well, of not people... everybody wants that either. I mean, yeah. more money, more problems, right? I mean, I, yep. I, I'll tell you, every single staff member I add, I'm like, just one more guy to you yeah. know, work with and figure out and keep them on and make them. You and know, I don't you've got know. All these people, you're like, Jesus, what do I, you know, yep. I, gotta, I don't know if I would families. enjoy it as much if it weren't in my damn backyard. You know what I mean? I'm with if you. I, oh, totally. Like if I couldn't step out my back door and in three steps be in my workshop, I know for one, I, I wouldn't have wouldn't nearly the time that I have now. Right. The reason I have it is because I get up at four in the morning and come out here, you know, or I stay up till two in the morning uh, at night doing <laughs> it. You, you know, <laughs> that's the reason I have time. I don't have right. time otherwise. And so, yeah, if if it take this place away and put me in a shop downtown with four other makers, I'm probably never going to freaking go there. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I have to drive 20 minutes to get here. And yeah. Uh, it it gives me a work life balance. I think I would, yeah. if this was attached to my house, I'm pretty sure no one would ever see me. I, I know I would be in that's here the all danger. The time. I, yeah, yeah, that is the I, danger, yeah. and I've I've been through that. And I think what's what also makes it kind of nice for you, right? Is that that's your day job. You're you're there more or less, right? Because yep. your building is both businesses in the same place, Correct. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can yeah, just yeah. walk out a door and go in and be in my tech shop. So like it's it's I got both going on, and you know it's. I mean, yeah. it, it makes sense because I can keep an eye on what's happening over there. I can be over here prototyping and yeah, building and great. handling customers. And uh, I didn't think it was going to work out as well as this. I mean, and in fact, uh, Sarah and I giggle about this. And we're we're saying when we bought this unit, because uh, the building, you can just buy separate units. And uh -huh. um, when it came up for sale, I offered, I knew the guy that owned it because I was right next door. So I was like, hey, I want to buy it, you know. Um, and then, um, we renovated it and turned it in, we were going to turn it into a rental space. And then, um, my, uh, my beautiful wife, Sarah just said to me, don't you think you could do something with that space? Like you got all those tools in the garage. Why don't you just move everything over there? And I'm like, you know, we could probably make like a thousand bucks a month renting out this, this spot. Yeah. And that's a pretty, you know, that's 12 K a year, you know, and that's yeah. the 12 K we didn't have before. Plus it's an investment. Um, and, and, and then we kind of just jib jabbed about it a little bit. And she's like, you know what? I really believe in what you're doing. I believe in your YouTube. I believe in your social media and whatever you decide to do in there. I'm good with it. She gave me again, she basically told me it was okay. Go do it. And, um, that was probably the best decision yeah, we've ever made because right. I changed my life. I mean, it made it, it I wouldn't yeah. be doing this right now if I didn't have the space. My, my garage yeah. was getting, my, the walls were closing right. in, you know, 20 by That's, 20. It was. I'm starting was to feel that I'm, I'm probably at that turning point and, um, yeah, build, it's, it's you got to build it. You could you build on to what you have? Oh, I could. You're out of room. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, you, you interestingly could. enough, maybe you could go up. 
too. Well, you could, like lift the I roof. I could go up, but I'd probably go out. Uh, like two summers ago, we put a we put a lean to roof, you know, like a patio roof off the back. There was RV parking um, there when we bought the house, and we never liked it. Used it as sort of a pseudo patio, and then two summers ago, we put. Um, we put a roof off the off the side here, and so it is probably well. It's as long as this shop, so it's about twenty. I think it's about fifteen by twenty or, or sixteen by twenty. So if I put that together, I'd be looking at a thirty about about thirty by forty workshop. Oh, that'd be if huge. If I put walls around that, um, yeah, I probably could. We we go back and forth. My wife and I both are you know are like well. But we want a porch. We want a patio. You know, like that's why we built that. And then I don't know if I, I think you know. This year, I've decided pretty strongly that I'm gonna I'm gonna push around and poke around all the edges of all the things that I do, and just see, you know, what what is what makes sense, and can I push this thing a little farther to start turning some profit. You know, and if so, then we'll start looking at things like that. But, you know, for now, until it starts making some cash, um, the porch stays. <laughs> well, you know, if you had that million bucks, you could, uh, yeah. you could, you could do it dollars. for sure. Yeah. Well, hey, I wanted to mention real quick yeah, that uh, we opened our Patreon uh, last week. How about uh, it? And guess what? We got our first patron. I saw that. That's awesome. MW Knifeworks. His name is Marcus Williamson, and uh, he's on Instagram as Marcus.MWSteelworks. If you go out and find his Instagram, Thanks, he man. has 200 followers. Let's give him 200 more. Heck and yeah. Or more, 1,000 more. I mean, geez. And, um, and uh, great guy. I messaged him. Uh, Marcus, if you're listening, uh, I don't know. Patreon messaging is terrible. So if you didn't get that yeah. message, uh, we want to let you know to send us, uh, contact us via DM, DM. At, on Instagram. It's that easy. Uh, and, and at the work for it dot podcast, um, or you can use mine too. You can message me directly. Um, we're on both, uh, share both of those, but, uh, send us your address, your physical address, because, um, we're going to send you some stickers for supporting us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That, yes. uh, actually covers like half. Uh, he did a, the high five, which is $5 a month. And, um, that covers half of the software that we're using. It's like 10 bucks a month. And we want to yeah. graduate to this other software that's like 40 bucks a month uh, yep. to record not only audio but video and then also have the opportunity to bring people in yeah, and guests. listen. Yeah, guests. And you guys can pop in and out. We can do um, live call-ins and stuff like that. This the, yeah. the software we're using now is very rudimentary. It's just like basically allows me and Ben to talk like we're in the same room, even though we're you know thousands of miles away from each yeah. other. Um, but this other software is like we can do all kinds of cool shit with it. So that's We've got what some we're cool hoping ideas to too that yeah. I think would be fun to to pull off with that. Um, we're definitely going to scam somebody else's ideas that are that yeah. are doing this successfully. And I'm not Hell I'm yeah. not I'm not ashamed of it. I'm just gonna be like, dude, these people are doing it and they're having a great time with it and they're they're making it happen and we want to do the same thing. Right. And we'll give them zero credit. Yeah, no credit but, given. Zero. None. That's fine. Like we'll take their ideas as our own and we're gonna sell them to you. Because that's who we are. <laughs> we're douchebags. Right. 
I'm kidding. <laughs> We're not going to do that. Just That's kidding. Ridiculous. Real quick. We yes. have a bunch of comments. I only did Instagram this time. Okay. The podcast question, which was, you're handed a million dollars cash, no strings attached. What would you do? Should we pick our our top five or something? Let's pick top five. I mean, there's it's, it's got to be tough. Yeah, well, so see. many. I, I can't. Got? I don't even know what to pick. There's so many comments. You guys leave us so many fantastic comments on this, by the way. And oh, all it's of incredible. It's unbelievable how many people are. Holy um, Moses, there are a lot. All right, I'm going to read one from Alex Garland. Uh, Alex is another fellow YouTuber. He's got a bunch of followers. You can follow him at Outdoors55 on YouTube. Uh, he says it would be invested between business, real estate, and index funds with the goal of being to continue the generosity later on, make the 1 million into 20 million and be far more generous later in life. A long-term outlook and detailed plan would be needed on this one. And he's absolutely 100% correct. If you are not an active investor, you should be. Um, I have invested uh, recently in cryptocurrency because of all the Bitcoin stuff I bought in when it was like 16 or 17. Um, and it jumped to like 45 and then um, back down now, I think in the 30s. But for the longest time, I'm a boglehead. If most people, I don't know if investors out there will understand what a boglehead is, but I believe in investing using Vanguard, ETFs, and index funds. Uh, and I have been doing that for a majority of my life and it's nice. given me a nice cushion. So if you yeah, ever want to look into that, Type in Boglehead and read up because it is fascinating on what your return, rate of return can be at, with little to no management fees if yeah. you uh, buy into that stuff. Huh. Cool. You got uh, one that you want to read? I, mean, I saw one. And I got to find Buy a mountain. Or this is the bearded or the bearded beer man says. Buy mountain property, build a self-sufficient off-grid homestead with shop space, a nice family compound, live out my days away from civilization, because this shit's getting crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you. I probably would buy some land like up in PA somewhere. Yeah. uh, Maybe build a workshop up there, become a snowbird or something too. That might, that's a, that's a good idea. I like the self-sufficiency thing, but I. Yeah. I, I I hesitate to tell you, uh, but it's very difficult to do. Self sufficiency is is a hard road. Um, I think we should leverage all the resources you have, like uh, you know, uh, good investing, uh, you know, creating a business, using it yeah. to fuel the things, you know, to have your money work for you, basically. So, yep. that's a good one. Hey, Dave you, Irving, uh, have you, do you know Dave Irving? You ever watch any of his stuff? I have. Vader yes. Knives. Yep, Dave's yep. an inspi- inspiring human being. He is. Um, if you haven't watched his his work or seen him on Instagram, you should um, go Amazing. through and, and click through. What he is. Uh, he's a testament to if you want it hard. If you want it and you work hard enough for it, you can achieve it. Uh, he says, "I don't know." Spend as little as possible to be set up and then donate the rest. I have always had that yin and yang karma thought. I was given something I didn't earn, so something will be taken away that I don't really need. Uh, and uh, nice. I see his point. Uh, I think that's true. Karma can work in both ways. Um, yeah. I think it's important to also give back to the community. If, if, you're, if you have sure. a windfall, you definitely should take care of those around you for sure. I love that idea. I love that yeah. concept, Dave. 
every uh, Rosendahl works. Every pe- penny is a prisoner, <laughs> and I hope you mean U.S. dollar, so that when I convert it to the Aussie dollar, it's like 1.3 mil. <laughs> also, I would use up my sick days from work. Everyone's <laughs> answers are so well thought about this. It's going to be a great conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's already converting this from U.S. dollars right, to Aussie to dollars. Aussie. He's like, I'm going to become a Forex <laughs> trader great. now, and I'm going to make myself $300,000 using right. the conversion rates and you know all this yeah. stuff. Don't let anyone – don't let Chris fool you. He's a very smart person. I, yeah. I, he's like – he's already got Funny. this figured out. Um, let's see here. Da, 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 da. I'm going to let you uh, – I'm going to let you read two while I go make sure my boys get their clothes on for school. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, let me, uh, I'm going to, I, yeah, I've got a couple here that I can read. Um, crafting the life I want, crafting a life I want, uh, is one, one, this one is pretty easy. He says he would pay off the debt. He would buy a house and then he would, uh, put money in a kid's college fund and then split what's left between myself, my wife and a vacation. Uh, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, the 529 program, if you're not familiar with that, is a tax free. Uh, you can put, uh, money in it for your children to be tax. It's like tax deferred, basically. Um, and if they use it for college, it's, uh, it is a, um, there's no tax involved at all. So if you're, if you've got surplus funds, a 529 program is great. I use Vanguard for that. Um, fantastic people over there at Vanguard. You can not only buy a 529, you can invest it, like I said before, in the ETFs and uh, index funds. Jeff F- Jeff Fader, Fader Knives, he says he would upgrade and then make sculpture and fuck away off. Yeah, uh, I'm with you, Jeff. I'm with you. I uh, separate myself uh, a little bit from society a little more. Um, and Jeff has a interesting perspective cause he lives in New York and lived in Manhattan at one time. And, um, yeah, it's like people on top of people over there. Every time I go to New York, I'm just like, man, I, I, I love the city. I love being there, but I just can't live. I wouldn't be able to live there. It's just too many people for me. Um, all right. Uh, 118 Blades, which is my buddy Mark. He says, let's be sensible here. First of all, get rid of some credit card debt. Uh, yeah, debt is a prison. Uh, stay away from it. Uh, two, fix up my car a bit and need that more than ever. Get the rest out of the house property and get it decorated. Uh, new kitchen, new bathroom. Spend some serious money towards my daughter's wedding. Okay, I didn't know your daughter was getting married. That's cool. Uh, he would paint and insulate the inside of his workshop and get some proper shelving up and a few new tools, maybe some kids funds for college and whatever. Um, but yeah, that these are all great ideas. These are all great concepts, making your money work for you moving forward. Um, you know, like we said before, a million bucks is, it's just not, not enough to retire on. Um, let's see. Uh, Tony Ward would ask me to build him a revolution. Uh, Tony, I don't know. I would build you a revolution, but I'm not sure what you would do with the remaining $50,000. I mean, you know, it's going to be expensive to have a guy like me build that tool. Um, I'm kidding, by the way. Uh, let's see. Pickle Cutters, our buddy Nick, he says, I would build a bunker and forge in the middle of East Bumfuck and forever be lost. It seems like, uh, I don't know about that, Nick. I think you're more of a social guy. I think you need, I think you need the human interaction. And I think it's important for you. But hey, you know, a bunker sounds like fun too. I'd, I'd live in a bunker. 
I'd hang out in your bunker with you. How's that? All right, Daniel Daniel Bradford, 9081. Uh, he says he would pay down the mortgage, buy a CNC water jet cutter, and make and design cool stuff. I'm with you. I think I would do very similar things. Make and design cool stuff and buy really cool tools and then in, and put it in a bigger building. Um, I read a handful of these, Ben, while you were off checking I on figured. your boys. Everything okay <laughs> on the family front there? Yeah, just making sure the boys are ready to go. Got to get the boys to school. Are they but... ready? Yeah, they were getting ready. It's awesome. You know, yeah. that's the advantage of having like one son that's, you know, getting old, old enough to understand time and the importance of it. I employ uh, <laughs> Dexter to do a lot of that for me, and he he, do, he does it reluctantly. Yeah. But I'm like, check on your brother, make sure he's did his homework, you know. This it's kind so of stuff. nice. It is nice. Yeah. It's nice. It is nice. It is nice. I I think I think I'm done reading the comments. We, there's a hundred yeah. of them. I I can't. I know. I can't get through them. I'm impressed. Yeah. And like you said, it's so awesome. We got to come up people... with a better. I was thinking if let me just throw this out there. This concept out there. I was thinking that anybody that participates in the like in the commenting sections when mm-hmm. we go to record, like those people would get an invite to join. Say uh, oh. the like. Uh, a discussion if they wanted to they could come yeah. on uh to the podcast when we get this new software um, yeah. not that we could have like 50 people in there because it would just get too many but that'd um, be fun you know like or a, we do a live do... stream or something yeah yeah that would be sweet i would i think it'd be really fun to have folks actually participating in the conversation um Right, because I feel I, like we're reading their comment, and then I want to ask them. I know you, know, you like want to talk to them about it and like, explain it more, or have yeah. a question about it. I think that would be really neat. I think that do you randomly? I'm just trying to think. You know, if there's a hundred comments, what if all hundred people came? But I don't know. What? We'll, we'll have to I see think what, you would only see probably five or ten join. Yeah, I mean, depending and, and on when we to, record and right, they would all have to line up time wise and give them yep. a heads up and send them a link, and so there'd be a little bit of work involved in yeah. that. Um, or or what you could do, this would be super risky, but you put the link in the comment section, right? <laughs> so they come join go us. To it. Yeah, come join us, and then you know, hey, you if know, they're there, they're not? there. You know, and I think it'd be neat. Shout out and all that stuff. At least, yeah. And, with the Patreon thing too, you know, like we mentioned with Marcus, it's like, you know, if you're, if you're a contributor to the show, you know, we're going to shout you out and talk about what you're up Heck to yeah. and, and, and give you all those, those little perks plus bring you on the show. But we got to yep. figure that out. Technically, uh, we have to have that software that allow us to do it. But, uh, yeah, the, 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 the issue with cast, the, the thing that we're using now. Is that it? It's not iOS compatible, so you right. know, you have to have a computer, you have to have a microphone, you have you know. There's all yeah. of this stuff that yeah, you, that you new can't software just to anybody. be able to do that, to be able to to just use your phone as the mic and speaker, it would be yep. really nice. That because yep. that breaks down the barriers completely. This um, is my biggest issue with bringing guests on because yeah. I've set a level of expectation for the quality of the audio of this. Yes. And when we were doing it early in the game, I was just bringing people on and they were using the microphone from their computer, laptop or whatever. It's 
no offense, it's really hard to listen to it's when hard. you got like yeah. you got two guys that sound like they're right in the room with you, and then you got one guy who sounds like this and he's talking yeah. like that. And it's it's like it's well, it even took us, you know, it took me a little while to get everything sort of dialed in, and it's it's not an easy thing, honestly. If you're not if you have no history broadcasting, you know, you can be pretty good at shooting videos and everything else, but sound is such a finicky little thing. It it's just, way finicky. How many shows have yeah. we done that we've had to re-record too? Yeah, yeah, because of different echo or yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and I think we're both responsible. I mean, we've both oh, had yeah, been on the end both. of it. Like, yeah, it's, both it's of not, us. Not, not just one point. of us. I I've done it too, and I've done it too like multiple times where yeah. I've had guests on and did a whole recording oh. and then go back and listen to it and that other like uh one person wasn't wearing headphones uh-huh. and it was picking up every single thing every i said echo. And, the, and because it's there's a delay you know that person was wherever and i'm here there's a slight delay yep. you can't use it you can't use yeah. the audio it's not listenable so it, it's, uh, it's a lot of little devils in those all, details that's all we've got right the, the only thing that we can control in this show is the quality of the audio and so that's if it. you if, if you let that slip man it's a slippery slope and then i was thinking too as far as like patreon and a lot of folks We'll do like a pre-show or an after show. And I was thinking like, shit, man, we already do two hour shows. What more do (laughs) do people really want more of us? (laughs) I would think that we would schedule like an afternoon. You know, right now we're recording early in the morning, but this is our off schedule. Normally we're recording at three something in the afternoon. And then then what we would do is we would send the links out to everybody, the patrons and, uh, and the people who are commenting. And then mm-hmm. after five, we when we click off, we're hanging out and we're talking, yeah. and maybe we're recording it, cool. live streaming it. I don't know. I I like the concept that the um, another Woodshop podcast is doing. I th- yeah, it's friggin' brilliant as far as yep, I'm concerned. It really is. And I think the the guys over at uh, Making It are doing that too, right? They have like an similar, yeah. For folks yeah. that don't know, like another Woodshop podcast is another podcast in the maker community, and they do a pre-show. Um, and it's like a YouTube live and uh, some other way. I don't, I don't know exactly how they're pulling it off, but basically, people from the community can just come in like a big Google Hangout kind of environment. You just pop in, shoot the breeze. You know, they talk about whatever, um, and then after can they that, interact though, like if yeah. The- is it like are they in the yep. same Zoom room with Claggett and? Duress there and all those guys. Well, they're in. Well, it's uh This is for the another Woodshop podcast. Oh, so that's right. Yeah, yeah. those guys. But yeah, yeah, so basically, the hosts are on a quote Zoom meeting, and then anybody can join in and talk gotcha. and interact and. Yeah, it's basically just like having a Facetime call with the guys who host the show. And I don't know twenty five other I don't people. Know. I'm not sure if anyone understands this or not, but um, I do the show in the nude, completely nude. Yeah. Like balls (laughs) out everything. So uh, you have to be aware that if you join in with us. Don't be shocked. Don't get over it. (laughs) I I don't know if this would be considered sexual harassment across state lines or not, but we're definitely in a gray area. right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's it's going to be rough on some of you. 
<laughs> I don't know how Ben puts up with it, really. Scratching my balls. It's not really that sexy. It really isn't. It sounds sexy in your mind. It sounds like it would be a lot of fun. It's I can't, I can't record. I just can't do it with clothes on. I don't know what it is. It's hard. I just it's Literally hard. hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Benjamin. I appreciate you, man, as always. I appreciate and, uh, you, brother. I appreciate everyone listening in and commenting Man. on our social media and following along Such. with our, our uh, careers and what we're doing here in the podcast. We hope that we brought you something good into your workshop, your studio, your workplace, your commute, whatever it might be. Uh, and if you did uh, have some good reaction to this, then, you know, go follow us, uh, check out our Patreon, you know, look at all those things yeah. and, uh, you know, hey, send us a message. Let us know what you think. We appreciate you. We need the feedback. Amen to that. I would love to hear some feedback for sure. Send it on in. Let us know. Doing if, you, it. if you don't We're like doing it, that's cool. It's not for everybody. <laughs> you know what they say. You got to work for it, baby. Amen to that. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks, All right, Brian. man. We'll catch up with you later, Ben. See you later. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> if you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.